Well, good morning again, church. So good to see all of you this morning. Again, want to welcome those that are with us online. We're grateful that you are a part of things, as well as those who are here uh, the first time this morning. Had a chance to meet a few people here that are first-time guests this morning. We're just so grateful that you're here with us today. We hope you have a great experience. Uh, before I dive into our message, I just have one quick thing for the men. All the men nod at me real quick. Say, where you at, men? There you are. Great. Uh, just a quick reminder, this Wednesday is the first Wednesday of October, which means it is men's prayer this Wednesday morning. The first Wednesday of every month, we are gathering together as men. We've been doing this for several months. It's been a very encouraging and powerful time as guys have come together. We've dug in together. We've encouraged one another. We've prayed together. It's from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m., just one hour. And so I want to challenge you men to do something a little uncomfortable, get up a little early and come and be a part of that this Wednesday morning beginning at 6.30. Ladies, you can help your men remember to do that, uh, but we hope you can be a part of that, all right? Cool. Well, we are continuing in the series that we are in this fall that I've entitled Jesus in His Own Words. And we've said throughout this series that a lot of us have ideas of what we think Jesus is like. We've got our opinions. We've had our history. We've got all those kind of things. But sometimes we believe things about Jesus that aren't actually true. And so we've said, what are we doing in this series? We're going to dig into the book of John and we're going to see what does Jesus actually say about Himself? How does He describe Himself? And as we get revelation of who he is, then it gives us revelation of how it is we need to respond to him. And so I want to encourage you, don't miss next Sunday. Next Sunday, we have the Micah McDonald sharing with us in this series. It's going to be a great, great, I actually gave him probably the best passage of all of these passages. And so he has got a word that I know you're going to want to hear next week that's going to be an encouragement to us. Uh, but today, I'm excited to share the passage that we have because I know something that's true with a lot of people in this room. There's a lot of you this past year that have walked through something hard. A lot of you. In fact, this morning I had somebody who, something devastating happened this past week. And that's just reality. And I believe that the words that Jesus has here for us today are this invitation to something that every one of us desperately needs. I think it can be like fresh water to our dry souls and so I pray that you'd have an open heart and open ears to listen to what Jesus has to say to us today. If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to John chapter 10? John chapter 10, beginning in verse number 10. And if you would, would you stand with me across the room as we're going to read our text here this morning? Nothing sacred about standing. It's just our tradition to say, God, we honor your words more than my words. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 10, says this, and this is Jesus speaking, all right? If you've got a red letter Bible, these ones are red. This is Jesus' words. He says this. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that this revelation of your character today God, would, would change not only the way that we think about you, but, Father, it would change the way that we respond to you. Well, we need that. We pray that. We ask that. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. 
All right, we're going to play a little game here this morning as we get started, all right? Uh, we're going to play a little a game. This is an association game, all right? So I'm going to put some words on the screen, and here's what I want you to do. You're going to have five to eight seconds to turn to somebody around you, find a neighbor, somebody behind you, next to you, whatever, and I want you to share what's the first word that comes to mind. What do you associate with the word that I put up on the screen, all right? If you're with us online, you can post it below, all right? Here's the first word. Family. What's the first word that comes to mind? Go. Fast. Five seconds. Some of you are saying good words. Some of you are saying not so good words right now. All right. All right. All right. Next word. Next word. School. All right. Five seconds. What comes to mind? What do you associate? Okay. All right. All right. We'll go to a food item. Let's go with pizza. What's the first thing that comes to mind? What do you associate with it? All right. The ne- all right. Next one should be fun. The Vikings, what's the word that comes? <laughs> Depression, discouragement, lots of fun words out there. Okay. All right, last word for you. God. <laughs> what is it? Okay. If you remember back in week number one, I quoted this uh, back in week number one. It's a quote from A.W. Tozer. This says this, what, we th- what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And uh, there's a lot of words that you could use. I heard some of them. Somebody said good, right? Somebody said holy. I heard somebody say love. Words like gracious and righteous. There's a lot of words that you could speak when you think about God. Some of you maybe have different views of what God is like, but you know David, the Old Testament, David, King David, man after God's own heart, When David sat down to write a description of what God is like in Psalm 23, what did he say? The Lord is my shepherd. He called him a shepherd. Now, if you think about it, that's a really strange thing to call the God of the universe, right? The almighty, all-powerful God of the universe to associate him with a smelly, lowly shepherd. Like that kind of seems degrading, of God Almighty, and yet this is actually the proclamation that Jesus makes about himself. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the one to lead and to guide and to protect and to provide for you. That's who I am. And I think this simple statement is actually a beautiful invitation for every single one of us. But to have a fuller understanding of what Jesus is really saying in this moment, I wanna, I wanna get some context for the passage that we're looking at. So the passage that we just read, we read a few verses together. It's a longer passage. But even before that, if you go several chapters before this in this story, uh, there's all these disputes about who Jesus is. Like there's all these people having conversations. They're like, they're not really sure who he is and they're having arguments about this and, and going at it. And, and Jesus actually gets into it with the Pharisees uh, over and over and over again. They have many conversations. And the Pharisees, they were these religious types. They were the ones that kind of, they had all the law. They kind of thought they knew everything. They did it all right, right? They, that's who the Pharisees are. They thought they knew everything, but the reality is often they missed the very heart of God with their knowledge, their knowledge. They missed what God was all about. They missed his desire. They missed his heart over and over again. And Jesus consistently tried to mess with their thinking. Like he would just kind of just poke at them, you know? You know anybody that does that sometimes? Just kind of poke a little bit. Jesus would do that intentionally with the fair. You could see he's just poke. Why? Because he's trying to get them to think differently. In the passage just before the one that we read, Jesus actually gets really bold and he alludes to this reality that these leaders are actually spiritually blind. 
There's other places where he calls them blind guides. He's like, you're the ones that are supposed to be leading other people and you're blind. You don't know where you're going and you're taking other people off the cliff with you. And if you read this, uh, as we get into the chapter 10, you'll notice that Jesus then starts to bring up this metaphor, this idea of shepherd and sheep over and over again. And as you read through chapter 10, he actually changes the metaphor a couple of times throughout that passage. But eventually he gets to this very simple statement where he says, I am the good shepherd. Now think about this for a moment, if you will. He didn't say he is the shepherd. He said he is the good shepherd. You only have to insert the word good if you naturally assume something to be bad. Uh, how many of you enjoy going to the DMV? Raise your hand if you enjoy going. Oh, no one. Oh, no one. Right? Why? They're like, it's horrible. You go, it's like literally the most depressing place to have to walk into. Like nobody walks in and is like, I have a great, I just such an amazing DMV experience. If I said I had a good DMV experience, you would be surprised. You would be shocked. Why? Because naturally, it's usually bad. It's usually discouraging. And when Jesus says he is the good shepherd, he is calling out the reality that there are a lot of bad shepherds out there. In the passage, Jesus says that the bad shepherds are the Pharisees and these teachers of the law and these ones who have been leading God's people in the wrong direction over and over again. Now, some of these shepherds, they're just ignorant. They just didn't know any better. Some of these shepherds, though, were intentionally leading people astray. Why? Because it was good for them. They were using God's people for their own benefit, to get money and to, to get esteem and, and to whatever it is they desired. But whatever the reason is, these shepherds are hurting the people. And so we get to the verse that we quote a lot, this John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy is using these leaders over and over and over again to steal, kill, and destroy God's people. And some of us have experienced that in our lives, right? But what does this have to do with us? Because my guess is most of you don't have a bunch of literal Pharisees in your life that you're dealing with on a regular basis. You maybe know some people that act like a Pharisee. <laughs> my guess is you don't have any literal Pharisees or teachers of the law that you're confronting in your life. So what does this passage actually have to do with us? You see, we don't have to have Pharisees and teachers of the law to have bad shepherds that are trying to pull us the wrong direction in our lives. Every single one of us have these bad shepherds that are attempting to lead us away, lead us astray from where God desires us to be. And if we're not careful, we will end up in extremely toxic places in our life and in our faith due to some bad shepherds. And so here's what we're gonna do for the next few moments. I'm gonna walk through, I'm gonna give you three different ideas of bad shepherds. They're categories that I see in our world. And what I want you to do as I'm walking through this, I want you to be thinking in your own mind, Am I being led by a shepherd like this? Is this leading me potentially in the wrong direction? I think everyone, doesn't matter if you're a teenager in the room, if you're 80 years old in the room, these are things that have the potential to, to take us off track over and over and over again, all right? So the first category we're gonna look at is this, corrupt leaders. Corrupt leaders are bad shepherds. Now, when I say the word corrupt, some of you are like, okay, so like super evil, like an evil villain from like a Bond movie or something like that. That's not what I'm, I'm referencing. Corrupt leaders can be anyone who just simply isn't following Christ and has some influence in our life, all right? What are, what are some of those corrupt leaders that we have? I think the very first one that I would think of is celebrities. 
celebrities. Now, when I say the word celebrity, some of you are like, so like movie stars, like that's all we're talking about? I don't even watch movies, Greg. What does that matter? I'm not talking about just movie stars. Might be movie, might be music, it might be a YouTuber that you watch. It might be that person you follow on Instagram. It might be that writer and you just love their novels and they're just so great, right? It might be that business person you listen to their podcast. It might be that person you watch on the news every single night and you just gotta go sit and hear what they have to say about everything. I don't care what it is. Those can be corrupt leaders. If those people are not passionately pursuing Jesus, then they are, they are leading you astray. The, the values that they have, the things that they care about are not leading you toward Christ. They're leading you the wrong direction. And we have to be aware that, Greg, I just listen to that. I just like this. I just, that's great that you like that, but you don't understand that the more you consume that worldview, the more that you consume those philosophies, it actually changes the way that we think, right? This is why the stuff that we allow on our lives actually does matter because it turns into a bad shepherd that can lead us astray and we don't even realize it. Right? So it's more than just celebrities. Like we're about to move into this next year. <laughs> Elections. Yay. Okay. Another corrupt leader can be political leaders. And I just want to say this because this, this happens on a regular basis. I love, you know, politics is important. It influences the direction of our country. Absolutely. This is very important. But here's what I can see happen in believers at times is that their allegiance toward political leaders becomes so strong that they're blind to the reality of that that is not someone who is living out the values of the kingdom of God. And they're so affirming this that they miss their allegiance to Christ, which is far more important, all right? And so you just have to caution yourself. You have to watch yourself this next year. Do I allow this political leader to, to be the shepherd of my values or is Christ the one leading my values, right? You gotta be aware of that. There's another bad shepherd and that would be in our toxic families. No, sorry, go back again, I'm back. Thank you. There we go. Sorry, I jumped ahead. I got two more. <laughs> okay. Another one would be in our families. Because some of you have, whether it's parents, whether it's grandparents, it's an aunt or uncle that speaks into your life regularly. And scripture says we honor our father and mother. Absolutely. But you just have to be aware, is that voice pointing you toward Christ or is it pointing you in another direction? And at the end of the day, we have to say, Christ, how can I stay committed to you in all things? Otherwise, they're going to lead us into toxic places. The passage itself, there's one other area, and that is spiritual leaders are, can be corrupt leaders in our lives, okay? And, and I would just say this, Amber and I, we desire to be as faithful as we can to steward this church as well as we can, right? Are we going to be perfect? Nope. Okay, we're never gonna be perfect, all right? If you're looking for us to be perfect, go find a different church. It ain't gonna be us, all right? We're gonna mess something up here and there, all right? But our desire is to faithfully not steward this place for our benefit and to make a name for us. And this, we're gonna use this for our platform, but to say, how can we build this church for your glory? God, that others would know the hope of Christ. But I will say there are spiritual leaders all over this world, whether it's on TV, whether it's on social media, wherever it is, there are so many that are spitting out things that are absolute heresy, that are absolutely in conflict with what the word of God has to say. And so my challenge to you as a church is to be like the Berean church in Acts. What did they do in the book of Acts? Paul said that I went to this church in the city of Berea. I went to this church and I would speak the word of God. And what did those people do? They took what I said and they went back to the word of God and say, what does God's word actually say about that? 
And my prayer is that we would be that kind of church, right? When, when people speak stuff on, like, we are not led astray by these things that are, that are taking us the wrong way. Even when Amber and I share, that we would, you would take it to the Word. If we're saying stuff that isn't the Word of God, you better be calling us out on that. Because these things can be toxic in our life. Because if we're led the wrong way, these bad shepherds can take us the wrong direction, all right? All right, so we've got corrupt leaders. What's another category? The next category is the crowd. The crowd is a bad shepherd for our lives. Now, a lot of us, when we think about the crowd, what do we think about? Teenagers. Teenagers, don't follow the crowd, right? Don't follow the crowd. The crowd will take you the wrong way. Hey, adults, don't follow the crowd, (laughs) Like, we're just as guilty as the teenagers are. What, what, what influences us? It's the crowd. It's what is culture doing? What is everybody saying? What's normal, right? We make decisions. What will help us just fit in? What will help us get along in our life as much as possible? What did Jesus say? The crowd, the wide road leads to what? Destruction. It's a bad shepherd. If you're following the crowd, it's a bad shepherd. It's going to lead you the wrong way. And I would say this, if in your life there aren't consistent moments where your faithfulness to Christ demands you to go against the crowd, then I would question whether you're actually following Christ. Because he's calling us to a lot of stuff that the crowd does not do. That they, they don't live that out, right? Are we looking to just be annoying? No, but we are looking to be faithful to Christ. And I guarantee you, if you're being faithful to Christ, there will be moments when it's challenging. The crowd doesn't go that way. The crowd doesn't love selflessly. The crowd doesn't forgive generously. The the crowd doesn't care about others at the level that Christ is calling us to. All right, the crowd. The last category, your feelings make a bad shepherd. Your feelings make a bad shepherd in your life. Now, some of you are like, well, Greg, shouldn't I listen to my feelings? Don't feelings matter? Hear this, feelings are a good thermometer. What does a thermometer do? Gives you some symptoms. It lets you know what's really going on. Your feelings are great at that. It it tells you, you should pay attention to your feelings because it's speaking things to you on a regular basis. You should listen to your feelings, but they shouldn't be the thing leading you in every area of your life, okay? Culture says, be true to yourself. Whatever you think, whatever you feel, let that guide you, right? Do what feels good. Do what feels right. Hear this. Feelings are fickle. They just are. What you feel today, you're probably not going to feel tomorrow. Like, it just shifts. And if every decision we make is just how I feel about this, what do I think about this, you're going to be all over the place. If that's what's shepherding your life, you're going to get into destructive places because you're going to be all over the board, all right? What else does Scripture say? Scripture says, or uh, Uh, The culture, sorry, culture says, follow your heart, right? Just follow your heart. Just whatever your heart's telling you to do, just do that. What does scripture say in Jeremiah 17? It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, I don't say follow your heart. Submit your heart to Christ and follow him. That's what he's inviting us to, Right? Now, when we are submitting our hearts to Christ, will he lead our heart? Absolutely. But you just don't blindly lead, oh, whatever I'm feeling, I'm just going to follow it. That's a bad shepherd in your life. It will take you into unhealthy places. So it's to this, Jesus is saying, listen, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to kill all this stuff, these bad shepherds. They want to lead you the wrong way. But then he gives this problem. I have come that you may have life. 
and have it to the full. I want to be the good shepherd who's leading you. And so I ask the question, who's leading you right now? Who's leading you right now? What voices are you listening to? Is it Christ? So we go on and look at the passage of verse number 11. Jesus says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He lays it down. Like, Jesus is not only pointing out he's eventually going to die for everyone. Like, that's what he's pointing out. I read the passage earlier, right? He lays his life down. He is pointing out to that reality, but it's more than that. He's pointing to his deep desire to lead and to protect and to guard and to do whatever it takes for the sheep. That's who he is. That's who he desires to be. And to understand really kind of where, where Jesus is pulling this imagery from, I want to go back to Psalm 23. Uh, if you were here back in March, I preached a series through Psalm 23. If you weren't around and you're walking through something, I would encourage you to go back and, and listen through that series. It's four messages that I think can be an encouragement to you. But in Psalm 23, David paints a picture. And I think this illuminates some of the character of God and who he desires to be in our life. If we can look at Psalm 23, it says this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Like Jesus desires to be our, our provider like to give us our sustainer, the things that we need. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He puts me into healthy places so that I can get what I need. He leads me beside quiet waters. He doesn't lead me to the, the bumbling river where I'm going I'm to get swept away. No, he leads us to quiet water. He gives us the things that we need. He refreshes my soul. I've been talking about this throughout this series. Every one of these statements, Jesus is saying, I'm your source and you're, you're so desperately hungry and thirsty because you're running after stuff that's making you dry. And I've got life for you. I want to fill your soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Like how many of you want God to guide you and lead you? You have those moments in your life, I just want, I want the God of the universe to give me some wisdom here. He wants that for you too. That's his desire for you. Says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley. Like I said, there's some of you right now, that's where you're at. You're, you feel like you're walking through the darkest valley. You're walking through hard seasons. You're walking through overwhelming seasons. Maybe you've just come out of a season like that. And if you're like, I haven't had any problems lately, I just said, well, be ready. Because <laughs> life kind of works that way. There's challenges. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. See, this is the, the action and the behavior of a good shepherd. It's nearness to the flock. It's intimacy with the flock. See, that's what a shepherd does. He doesn't bail when things get hard, right? When the, when the wolf comes, the hired hand bails. Jesus says, no, I'm the good shepherd. I stick around through the hard stuff, through the stuff that you're overwhelmed by. I'm here to be near to you. And that isn't just what Jesus is saying. He's not just saying, this is who I am. This is who I've always been. This is who I want to be in your life. This is who God is. This is who God always has been. This is who God will always be. If you look at Scripture, the whole of Scripture, you go back to the beginning in Genesis, it is God with His people, intimacy with His people. You see God call Abraham and call a people, the Israelites, and He was with them all along the journey. Even when He had to discipline, He did it because He loved them and He wanted them to be close to Him. And then Christ comes, right, to come be Emmanuel with us. 
And it says he's coming again one day. And when we get to the end of Revelation chapter 21 and 22 of Revelation, what do we see? We see this God is with his people near. He is their source. It says there's no need for a sun. Why? Because the light of Christ illuminates everything. See, this is who he wants to be. He says, I am the good shepherd. I want to lead you. I'm inviting you into something intimate and meaningful. As we close our time, though, I want to get to our big so what. I, have, I just have a question for us this morning. The question is this. Are you staying close to your shepherd? Honestly, are you staying close to your shepherd? Because he's already said who he is. He is the good shepherd. doesn't really matter what your behavior is. He is the good shepherd. The question is, are you pursuing to stay close to the good shepherd and all things. In the passage just before what we read, it, uh, Jesus talks about the fact that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And so I wanna ask you a few questions and I want you to be honest with yourself in your own mind, answer these questions. Do you know his voice in your life? Do you know the voice of your shepherd? I know a lot of you are like, I don't know if I know the voice of God. I wish I knew the voice of God. I, I don't even know what that looks like. Well, I would just say this. The primary way God speaks to us is through his word. And so another question might be is, are you in his word regularly? Not just on Sunday when I open the Bible for 30 minutes and we talk for a few minutes, right? But are you in the word regularly? Are you making his word a part of your life that you are accustomed to the voice of God in your life? Because he will speak through his word. He'll illuminate things through his word. He'll make space for that. Whether you're reading God's word, whether you're just listening to God's word, whatever it is, he can work divinely. It is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. He wants to speak to us, but we have to make space for him. Are we staying close to our shepherd? Another question I wanna ask you is this. Do your life rhythms keep you close to Jesus? The rhythms of your life, your daily life, your weekly life, do they keep you close to Jesus? And even more specifically for some of you that are families, do, do the rhythms of your family keep you close to your shepherd? You know, is it possible that like, well, actually there's days, I can go days on end without actually even thinking about God. You know what, I, I, we show up to church, you know, we try to get there every once in a while. You know, as long as sports isn't conflicting or as long as it isn't too nice outside or as long as it isn't too rainy or cold outside, you know, then we'll get to church. And then you wonder why you feel distant from God. I have people all the time, I just feel so, so far from God. And it's like, well, I haven't seen you in church in three months. And you're telling me you don't get in the word at all. Like, what do you expect to happen? The good shepherd is inviting you. Would you come? Like, let me lead you. Let me guide you. Let me be your source. And yet we so often just roam away. The good thing is that we serve a God. We serve a father in heaven who isn't looking and saying, bad sheep, you don't deserve to come back. No, he's the one standing there saying, just come back to me. Just come back to me. Like, would you just come? I'm here for you. Would you just come back to me? I want to be that for you. Whatever you're walking through, maybe some of you are walking through a hard season right now. Listen, even if you've been strolling away, you've been distracted, hey, now's the time, just come back. Just come back to me. When I think about this, I think about our little dog. 
We got a little puppy in our house. You guys know this. Little Millie, six-pound Morky that we have in our house. Um, and she's a little bit of a yapper. She's got some Yorkie in her, so she's like, yep, 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 you know. And so when it's time to go to bed, uh, I lock her in the mudroom downstairs. That's where she sleeps down in the mudroom. Lock her down. That's great. But sometimes we have storms like we had this past week. You know what I'm talking about, right? Lightning and there's rain happening and it's loud and there's thunder and all this kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And our little Morky, she's, you know, she gets a little anxious when that happens, you know? And like, well, I just know that all of a sudden I'll start hearing, like she's just barking downstairs. Like she's freaking out and she's afraid and doesn't know what to do. And so, uh, you know, this is where, you know, mean Greg has some grace on the dog. And so I go downstairs, you know, and I open the door and she knows when it's lightning, she knows what she gets to do. And so I open the door and you know, she's just like, she freaking out, you know, open the door. She doesn't even wait for me. She op- I open the door and she runs straight up, straight upstairs. <laughs> and so I follow the dog upstairs. And by the time I get upstairs, where is she? Curled in a ball. She's about this big, curled in a ball right next to Amber. That's fine. I get into bed and there's, there's Millie. And here's what's crazy is like 30 seconds earlier, she's shaking, freaking out, barking because she's overwhelmed by what's going on. And by the time I get upstairs, it's like she's already asleep and there's no shaking. She's not nervous. She's calm, just lying there like the greatest thing in the world. And what's amazing to me is nothing has changed. The storm is still going on. The lightning's still striking. The rain's still hitting hard, right? The thunder is shaking the house and she doesn't care. Why? Because she's right by us. And this is the invitation of God Almighty. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm here to walk with you. I gave my very life so that we could have relationship. Would you just follow me? Would you stay near to me? Whatever you're walking through, guess what? Sometimes you're still gonna deal with that pain. Sometimes you're still gonna walk through the heart. Sometimes the lightning is still gonna strike and the thunder is gonna shake, but there is a hope and a confidence and a comfort that comes from being close to our shepherd who walks with us through the valley. So this morning, my encouragement is, can we, can we respond to the good shepherd again? We, will we take another step toward him today? So God, I wanna follow you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes across the room? Father, we thank you so much. You are good. You are faithful, Lord. God, that you desire to be near us, to lead us, to guide us. God, you care for us so intimately. We can trust you. Even if we don't understand, God, we can trust you because we know you are a good shepherd who leads us toward healthy places, toward to good places, to places that are good for our soul, God. You desire Zoe life for us. And so we thank you for who you are. But God, we admit, we listen to a lot of other voices a lot of times. God, those other shepherds, sometimes it's those leaders, sometimes it's our, the crowd, sometimes it's our own feelings. We're paying more attention to those things than following the good shepherd. We just acknowledge that, God. We're listening to the voice of all these other things in life rather than listening to your word and what you're speaking to us. We just admit that, God. With every head bow and every eye closed across the room, I'm just gonna give an invitation. If you're here this morning and, and you're just in a place where you're saying, you know what? Yeah, I, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And uh, 
want to be close, but I'm going to be honest. I've just been, I've been kind of straying away a little bit. I've been listening to other voices, not really paying attention to his voice at all. And I just want to have a moment just to say, God, I'm coming back to you. If that's you this morning, just as an act of faith and surrender, we just lift a hand and say, God, I want to just kind of take a step back toward you this morning. I want to, I want to turn toward you again, Father. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. God, will we pursue you, Jesus. We pursue you. I invite you to stand with me across the room. So many of you have responded. Just in this moment, I would encourage you to have a moment of surrender in your own heart. Father, we're here to honor you, to glorify you. God, we thank you for who you are, God. We thank you that you are a good God who loves and cares for us, God. We thank you, God, that you're the one that wants to lead us and guide us in all things, Father. We know we get distracted, Lord, and I just pray this week you would help us to turn away from the voices that distract, Lord, and instead to listen to you. God, to follow after you. God, to pursue you, to make space for you, God, that we would listen to your voice above every other voice, Lord. God, that we would become accustomed to your voice in our life, God. Increasingly, the, the other voices would just become drowned out by the power of your voice in our lives, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, I pray that our days, our weeks, our relationships, our conversations, God, would they be for your glory? God, would they be surrenders to you, Lord Jesus? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus.